My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really? Which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as I am as it feels right for them. Also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by Liliana Rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by Scott Reed Jr. Hey guys, it is Danae and I'm back with another episode of Damn Mom Really, which I have coined as a show that you don't want to be on necessarily, but that everybody wants to listen to. And I'm so excited to have my next guest on today. His name is Curtis. And the funny thing about grief and especially the type of grief that we're dealing with, you know, with the mother figure, it forges community in a way that you didn't necessarily know was there beforehand. Because I met Curtis when my mom was still Earthside. We met in a park. I was vending some bookmarks that my mom actually helped me make and it, with a business that I actually started because of her, with her help. And now, you know, here we are almost two years after that initial meeting and we've kind of circled back to have a conversation that I did not know at the time would be so pertinent and relevant mm. to both of us so curtis's mom's name is miss donna and how long has it been since you lost your mom we just celebrated four years okay okay yeah, just, yeah. and i i really like how you posited it as something that is celebrated instead of something that you feel you know like you're trying to avoid or that you're kind of trying yeah. to can you just talk a little bit more about that use of celebration as it pertains to her life and not necessarily focusing on her, I hate the word death, but her transition. Yeah, no, first of all, what first, I'm so honored to be here and have this conversation with you. And like you said in the intro, it is a very like shared experience. Mm -hmm. It is not one that you can have with anyone. And it's no shade to the people in our lives, but oftentimes there, there aren't, answers for how we are feeling unless we are speaking to someone who has been through it right and to think that the way that we met was so random mm -hmm. like so random and to be able to have this space is just like so beautiful and I'm grateful to be here but in terms of what you said or what you asked of me it was interesting because when when I said it celebration like that came out naturally I didn't right. I don't I don't normally say that or I wasn't planning on saying that like that just the word just came out, but in that, in, in the natural organicness of that word coming out, it's true. I mean, after my mom passed, I, I remember my, my family wanting to celebrate her birthday, mm. um, which is March 20th. And I just remember being like, why don't we honor the day that she actually passed? Let's honor the day we found out because that really is what we want to honor. Let's not, like you said, let's not avoid it. Let's not cover it with her birthday because that almost feels like even more disheartening because that birthdays naturally have a celebration energy right. attached to them. Mm -hmm. And she's not physically here. So why would we wait to a day that could trigger us? Why yeah. don't we use let's take how we're feeling. Let's take this trauma. Let's hold it and let's celebrate it. So honestly, for the last, um, I would say about maybe all four years since then, we usually go to BBQs um, in the Bronx because that's where I'm from, born and raised. So we go to a BBQs in the Bronx and we get together and we just eat. And yeah, and it changes every time. Like not everyone comes every time, but that's, that's, uh, that's how we do it. And now that I'm here in Atlanta. It didn't happen this year, but it was also during Super Bowl weekend. So we just encouraged each other in the family chat to celebrate our mom the way in which you did. So normally what I do is I like cook a big meal. My sister was having a fun weekend with one of my nieces. And then my brother, he was with like my niece and nephew, his children. And so it was like, there's still ways to show the legacy and the appreciation. And again, the celebration of a parent's life without, you don't have to be together to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the ways that we did, we do it. We get together and have a meal. Food is necessary. 
<laughs> food is yeah. community food is communing yeah I agree with that. And, you know, for me, I'm very much one of those like, oh, I still want to celebrate type of people, too. So my mom's headstone has been decorated for every holiday that's happened since the headstone wasn't planted. Mm. We've done birthday celebrations, too. And I definitely try to think about it as something, you know, that just because she's transitioned doesn't mean that I have to celebrate her any different. And mm-hmm. I think that that's been really helpful for me and also my family. Um, And it sounds like you might have a close-knit family too, but for me and mine, you know, I find that when I'm around them, that's when I feel my mom's spirit the most. That's when I feel presence the most. And that just tends to be how I feel the happiest. You know, Mm -hmm. for you, it sounds like your family is kind of here and there. How do you, at a distance, outside of just celebrating her birthday, make sure that you guys are still having that sort of family, I guess, commune, and also yeah. make sure that you're uplifting her together and not just individually? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And it's one that I don't think I have the full answer for because grief, as we know, affects each of us differently. Um, and so there are ways in which my brother likes to honor my mom that you know, I think are ridiculous, right? Or think go too far. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but for him, that is, that is his thing. And my sister has her own. For me, I actually have a, um, um, what you would consider an altar. So I have a chair in my room. My sister, um, she made me this beautiful um, rug that has my mom, a picture of my mom on it. Mm -hmm. And so I folded the rug and it's on the chair. And then on top of that chair is a is the image that was used for the rug. I have it in a frame on top of the rug. And then like underneath I have like sage um, and Palo Santo. And also my mom speaks to me individually through pennies. Mm. Um, So anytime I see pennies, I know that's her being in the room. And when I tell you they show up randomly in a way that you have to go, okay, that is you, ma. Like, so anytime I get like extra pennies or change, I put it in the bowl that sits underneath so that I can always show gratitude and, you know, and pay her and, you know, pay her on the other side. Because that was something like when I would go visit her in the nursing home, she'd be like, do you have a dollar? Or, you know, or like when I was a kid, the reason why I know she uses pennies is because as a kid, when she would ask me to clean my room, I would like, you know, when you're trying to clean your room fast and you're just trying to get it over with, I would like sweep the money under the bed or under something. And so she would look and she would find these coins and she'd be like, these all count. Like this, this is money, this counts. And so I know it's her way of being funny, being like, see, it counts because I'm showing you it. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, so there's like, that's the way that I do it. And we also have a family group chat, which is not centered around grief, but I do think it's one of the ways in which just by simply saying good morning, family, right? we all go, okay, cool. Like I'm not in this life alone. This day doesn't just belong to me. This is, we're all going through this day together. So yeah, I hope I answered. You absolutely did. And there's so many things <laughs> I want to touch on in that, but what I love is that you just said this day does not belong to me. And I want to remember that for myself. And also I think that message is so relevant because in grief, a lot of times it really does feel that way. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like it feels like this is this is my cross to bear and nobody mm. not that somebody can understand the fullness of how you feel, but that everybody else is just kind of, you know, here <laughs> and there. And, you know, if we're talking about siblings, there's been times where I've been like, oh, my brother grieves differently than me. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. Really even care, you know? And so I think it's important to remember that this day is not mine to live alone because it's just, it's it's so relevant in the way that you view your grief in comparison to other people, because you don't know what other people's day-to-day looks like as much as you talk, you know, to them. Yeah. I don't know what's going on inside internally, but I also want to talk about the fact that that makes me think about how my life now feels I guess in the terms of purpose and and I guess being cliche and kind of corny, I feel that, you know, my mom, I'm living, I'm living physically in the embodiment of my mother, you know, Absolutely. and not, yeah. I, I go through my days with her with me. 
And it does feel like there's some sort of responsibility, but not necessarily in a negative way when it when it pertains to her. You know, when other mm-hmm. people like who are still her side make me feel like I have to live for them, that's one thing. But when I think about the fact that, you know, my mom is with me throughout my day, whether it be through the sign she sends me or just understanding that her presence is here, that sentiment just rings so true. And it's amazing that the simplest things sometimes tend to be the hardest things to grasp. Yeah. And yeah. And that's why the the grieving of a parent is so specific, because it's not until I say, my mom speaks to me through pennies, that someone says, oh, that's funny, because I see this number all the time. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments, they go, oh, I wasn't bugging when I saw the number 27 every single right. time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't making that up. That really, it was showing up in these moments where I needed um, assurance or where I wanted to hear from my parent, the, that number did show up. That jersey, I did see that number on a jersey. I didn't. I didn't make that up. Yeah, and it's just so. It's it's just so interesting because those signs are just for you too, mm. and that's another interesting thing about grief too. While you're trying to be considerate of how others show up, there are also things in grief that only belong to you. <laughs> Come on now. Okay. <laughs> you grew up a, a preacher's kid, right? No, no, I didn't. Did I make that up? You made that up. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made that up. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you're taking me to church right now. I'm like, a oh, PK, not me being a PK. Of. That's cool. <laughs> I made that all the way up. My bad, my bad. But I'm sorry. No, no, no. no <laughs> to what you were saying. No, but it's true. It's it's like there are so many moments that I have and had with my mom spiritually that I just got to giggle. Mm. Like I got to giggle and go, all right, cool. Like yeah. living with, um, when I was, so I'm living in Atlanta now, I live here, but when I was in New York with my brother during the pandemic, we lived in the house and my brother still lives there. We lived in the house that I grew up in, right? Um, my mom was, I guess, smart enough to put the place in my name when I was in middle school. Wow. And so when she passed, I became like head of household or whatever. But me and my brother were living together nonetheless. And there were so many moments where I would feel her and I I would be talking out loud like she did that or you, you know, and my brother, it took him a while to catch on. Mm. And then I, we would be talking about her and something would drop. Like I'll never forget we were talking about her and this mirror, this beautiful mirror that I found on the street it was like this like half circle cylinder shape it was mad fire Uh uh and we were talking about her and it dropped and I was just like I know you're trying to prove a point but why are you breaking stuff don't break that (laughs) yeah but that wasn't that was the only way my brother would get it Mm. he had to literally see something large or intense break while we're having, and I'm like, and literally the first thing I said, I said, see, it's her, like, it's her doing that, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, sometimes that's how it would be, too, because my mom has done very similar things. Now, as far as my family is concerned, just talking about my, my immediate. house, my, yeah. immediate, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. my brother was easier to kind of get you know, where I was seeing and feeling her spiritually. My dad, though, was like your brother. And it took him a while to get to the point where he understood that what he was seeing was her and not just coincidence. I would tell him like, oh, did you notice this? Oh, did you notice this? Oh, did you notice this? Eventually, it became a second <laughs> nature to him where he was like, you know, I saw a feather today or I saw like you a penny yeah. or a dime. And like you, he also kind of has this altar that I don't think he realizes an altar. Um, and I think it's really sweet because he keeps adding pictures and all these things that he finds yeah. in pennies and dimes when he finds those. He uh, puts them on his dresser as well. So it was funny when you said that because I was like, wow, you know, my yeah. dad does the same thing. So that's that's really special. Yeah. Were you spiritual before your mom passed? I was. Okay. But I had definitely, right before she passed, the year before was when I really was like, okay, God, we doing this. Mm. Like, literally. That's a beautiful... Thank you for asking that. That makes me... I go... I I literally just transported to the exact moment where I was on my floor crying. Like, mm. God, whatever this... Whatever I'm feeling, this transitional stuff, let's do it. Like, let's do it. And... um. 
Yeah, she passed a year later. She passed a year later. And that was all a part of being able to become. And also, you're going to gag about this. After my mom passed, I was on my way to work and I was staying with a friend at the time. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to one of my best friends, Imad. Um, I was staying with him, actually, when I found out that my mom passed away. And it was a week before my 30th birthday. I spoke to my mom the day before she passed. And she knew she was going to transition. Like, she left me with th- she left me with three points that I know, like, clear as day. But anyway, shout out. I just wanted to give a shout out to the people that showed up outside of family. Yeah. But yeah, I remember he found out and then he, like, let me sleep in his room that night and he ran me a bath. Mm. But back to the story. When my mom passed away talking about like spiritual and things Uh Uh um when she passed away I was on my way to work from his house that's why I mentioned that and I got on the bus and I literally heard or felt her say don't don't come to the viewing don't come to the funeral and I called one of my best friends and I said I know this sounds really weird but I think my mom is telling me not to go wow and shout out to my best friend one of my best friends Whitney she said okay Mm. okay yeah and it I, and it stuck with me. I was just like, did I really hear that? Like, what? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but she was, t- she, and what I had also heard of her saying is like, you don't have to go. You've done enough for me. That's not for you. Those are for people who weren't around. Wow. That's for people who still have things to say. Those were people for who didn't show up and all the things, right? That's why I was just talking about that. What, especially in the Black community, Black and Brown, sometimes we always say, I don't want to see you the next time I see you is at a funeral. Yeah. But it's sometimes the only place they show up because that everybody has just been busy in their stuff that that's the only time they show up. And so my mom was just made it very clear that I didn't have to attend because I had done what I needed to do. Also, she was very uh, she was very supportive of me leaving New York and living in Atlanta. So I think another thing was just her spirit being like, I do not want you to travel to come see me in a casket. Like this, is, <laughs> like that just don't make sense. Just yeah. stay here. I love you. And I knew it was her because when I shared it with family, no one gave me pushback. Wow. That's and I said, I was gonna ask. yeah, no one gave me pushback. And I said, okay, this is getting a little weird now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I said, no one's arguing with me. Right. No one's no one's telling me I'm messing up, that I'm doing it wrong. Mm. What is going on? What is this? Right. So much so I was getting a haircut and I'm like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And it was just like, and I didn't go. So I did not attend my mom's uh, viewing, but I did attend the repass. I think that's what we call it. Repass. So I got to see my family. We got to celebrate. And that's probably why the word celebration mm. um lives, because I got to really celebrate her um and it was a great time I was in town still felt all of the same things that you would feel in attendance of a viewing or funeral those feelings did not escape Mm -hmm. me I wasn't distant from them but uh yeah that's so interesting but yeah I thank God that I was doing that spiritual work because it it, you know, the, like they say in the Bible, like God provides peace that surpasses under uh, all understanding. It's true. It's really true. Because going back to what you said about like comparing your grief and like someone not being as sad as you, I definitely feel like there were moments where family members were like, nah, nigga, you too happy. Mm. Like you doing this too well. And it, again, it did not take away from the moments that I would randomly start crying or just think of her. But it was, I would go huh, 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 and then go, okay, she would not want me to be crying because I'm definitely at a party right now or like you know like I'm outside she would want me to live but she would want me to be dancing so yeah but yeah I don't know why I share that but yeah that's a part of the story because it was on your spirit to share um and yeah. I, I like you I started my spiritual journey with God maybe two years before my mom passed and mm-hmm. I've been struggling a lot with getting back to that relationship And I think there's so much struggle there because I know what it was before. And I know that God is so much in me. Uh, Mm -hmm. My grandma the other week was saying, you know, you can't escape that. I did this spiritual work beforehand. And given the situation I'm in, you know, losing my mom tragically and suddenly, it would be easy to say that I do not believe, which is not Mm -hmm. the case. It's just that I have a hard time finding the words. There's anger. There's disappointment. 
sadness, but that God still lives so much in me that it's like, okay, I'm pissed off right now, but like, I know that I'm really not like, I'm not so far out the window that you can never talk to me again. You know, and I think it's important to bring that up, especially in the context of spirituality, because so often, for whatever bizarre reason to me, people separate the two. When I think that they exist simultaneously, they exist at the same time. Spirituality is God and God is spirituality. Believing in things that you cannot necessarily... And relationship is. And that's what you're talking about. And it's good that you share that because there are a lot of people still mad at God right now. And their parents passed away 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But that's the, and that, you know, that's religion. Mm-hmm. But if when you're in relationship with God, you'd be like, God, I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. I'm mad. You, but you knew I was going to be mad at this. Right. I don't right. know why you did this. You yeah. pissed me off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, why would you take my mom, OD? Like, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you do that? And God will be like, I know, but look how, like, for me, I, you know, um, he, my mom passed away in 2019. 2020, we go through a pandemic. It's hard to get into nursing homes. Mm. My mom was in a nursing home at the time. Then we would have been fighting nursing homes to like go and visit my mom and causing a scene. And that's more danger. That's more, that's more stress. There's, and then also just to live. Like I think our parents are fully aware of when it's their time. Mm. I also believe that there were so many things that my mom was dealing with health-wise that I have no idea about. Yeah. I think it's, that her what you said? No, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, I just think that she was dealing with so much more health-wise. And her thing was as soon as she could feel present in knowing that I was okay and enjoying myself in Atlanta and that I was safe, that I had a job and a home, she said, you know what? He got it. He got it from here. I trust him. Right. And I think that's again, that goes to the spirituality and the relationship with God and the peace. Knowing that this is really some powerful stuff, but when a parent transitions, recognize that there's a part of them that trusts you to do life without them. Wow. Your, wow. your parent knows that you got it from here. But more importantly, God knows you got it from here. And see, that's the thing. That's where I'm at right now. I'm like, I, you said that you wasn't going to put more on me than I can bear, but I don't feel like I can bear it. So that's where I'm But you to- can bear it. You know why? Because you're now holding space for other people who went through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are bearing it. You're talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. So you're bearing right now. This is bearing right now. We're bearing right now. Oh my God. You're going to make me cry. And this is my show. I'm not supposed to be crying on the show. I, I'm, surpri- I'm actually surprised <laughs> that I have not cried yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I've actually- you know, I, I cried very easily. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I just, I think, but I don't think, and nothing, there's nothing wrong with crying, but I don't think this is a moment to cry. I think this is literally what you're talking about. I think God is showing you, you are bearing, you are strong. Look at it. Two people who have gone through the same trauma are literally laughing and talking about it yeah. right now on camera. And you're going to put it out like that strength. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you know what I mean? You're doing better than you think you are. And again, that's why it's important to talk because you won't, not that this is trauma bonding, but this is a trauma expression. This is our trauma. We are expressing. Right. We're sharing space and, you know, social media has to come up, but that's one of the things I hate about social media, that it's become a trauma bonding space, that people are sharing traumatic situations to be validated, but not to help others. Mm -hmm. Sharing your trauma is not for validation. That is not what it's for. That's not why you do it. You do it to help others, to to see how brave you are. That's that's why you do it. You don't do it so you can all, you know, you don't share something then you all hate one gender or hate one type of person or hate this person or hate this or that. That's not, that's gross. (laughs) And there's no growth. There's no growth in gross. There's no growth in that. There's there's no growth. quotables in this I just want to let you know I'm gonna have a hard time pulling one out for the folks I might have to do a couple different ones for this one um but you send them to me oh absolutely (laughs) but I I wanted to go back to something that you were saying earlier just about you know realizing and actualizing purpose and being able to talk to God 
back on the spirituality mm-hmm. note, you know, God told me months before I lost my mom that I was going to lose my mom. And oh. Yeah. Months before. Yeah. Months before, without yeah. saying it, God told me. And I was like, there's absolutely no way. Because my mom wasn't sick um, or anything. Like, it was yeah. just, I was like, there's no way that this could happen. And then five months later, sure, it, it surely did. And so I definitely understand God talking to me and I have for a long time in a way that I think that a lot of religious folks specifically cannot because they get so caught up in the religion and not the relationship yeah but I'm just talking about purpose you know and talking about you know you saying okay well my mom told me that I was going to be good and maybe you've seen some fruits that have been birthed outside of you know losing your mom that happened after that you can understand that she had to be a part of And so I was having a conversation with God last week and, you know, I, and I talked to my mom too, and she has told me multiple times, she's like, you don't get it now, but one day you will understand. Mm -hmm. And God told me the same thing. And I'm very perceptive and I'm very heady and I think a lot. And so one day I was talking to God and I'm like, damn, did you show me a love so extreme with my mother that I would be able to understand grief in such a poignant way that has allowed me to eternal internalize it and feel it, but also allow it to birth conversation with other people who are dealing with the same thing. That's exactly what it was for. Yeah. And like you, I've always known I wanted to be a talk show host. I've always known what I wanted to do. Of course, I had no idea how I was going to get there. But now Mm -hmm. it's like through the tragedy that I've been dealing with in the interest of sharing space and creating community and advocating for people to speak about a topic that is so often not spoken about. That the catal- my mom's passing is the catalyst of my purpose it is the catalyst mm-hmm. that i meant to do and, and that's trauma hard- expressing that's I- trauma expressing not trauma bonding that's expression that's what comes that comes out of it and i just wanted to add something you said about like you knew you know god had told you that your mom would pass eventually right like you knew it was coming so my mom's health had been up and down since i was like in middle school mm-hmm. so One thing I knew for sure was that my mom, I'm not married now, but (laughs) I always knew when I was younger, my mom would not be at my wedding. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that for sure. Knew that. And so, but I also, and I was just explaining this to my dad, I didn't move out of New York until 2017 when I was 28. Okay. And I remember being a kid and telling my mom, when I turn 30, I will not live in this house. And she was like, where are you going to go? I turned 30 in Atlanta. She passed a week before my 30th birthday. Wow. So she knew. We knew. God knew. This was, it was already, it was already ordained. But I bring up the moving because I was telling my dad, for a long time, moving was never an option. I was over New York a long time ago. Mm. But I never moved because I said, I had told myself, if I move, as soon as I move, my mom will pass away. Wow. I thought I was in charge of that. Ugh. I thought me leaving was going to keep her here longer. My mom lived for three more years. She lived for three more years. And a lot happened in those three years with her health and all those things. But she lived. And I wasted all this time thinking that I was in charge. Mm. So I also want to say to the right. person, like the person who also has received a word from God that their parent has a time limit. Or this is what it looks like. That's God is so good that he's telling you, do what you need to do in that time. And it's the same thing with, if God was to tell you, you ain't going to have this job forever. We'll talk about people. We'll talk about every, you know, everything else. I'm not going to be at this job forever. I'm not going to be in this relationship forever. All of this, right? All this cocky energy about these things. Mm-hmm. God is also doing the intimate things just like that. He's also trying to get you out of those those intimate things. So you can grieve better. So you can show up for your family better, stronger, you know? So you can prepare, right? Luckily, we have siblings. Mm. What about the people that lose parents and don't have siblings? Yeah. Right? There are so many layers. We're talking from a place of privilege. Like, well, my brother and my sister and my aunt and uncle. There are some people when they lose their parent, they lose what they know as family. So knowing God and getting those those um those previews are is it's so intentional. That's why dreaming is important. Like that's why journaling is important because God is constantly showing us what's going on. 
and again, we know that, but we, there are, each of us have areas in our lives which we take for granted. Of course. When you walk with God, he does a great job of trying to be like, hey, don't take this for granted because I am going to, like, you will be known when they're going to be break, when the, when you about to break up. Yeah. Like, y'all know. Mm-hmm. We hear that all the time, even with divorce, right? Like, you've you already been, you've over. already created divorce. Mm-hmm. You have to, de- you have, literally have to decide divorce before the papers even come. Right. Papers come months later sometimes, like, you know, so we, we are already in the process. So be, be in the flow, be in the flow, like be as present as possible, be in relationship because it's important. It's important. It's mad important. I'm completely blown away by everything you just said. I'm like sitting here like, oh my God, this is so (laughs) much wisdom. And there's a lot here to talk about. And there's a lot here I want to touch on. But I I just want to let you know that I really am appreciating the conversation and the standpoint that you come from when you talk about your grief and dealing with grief and how you've allowed that relationship with God to, you know, persist in in spite of the trauma that you might have endured at the loss of your mom or the things that you're going through. And you're so right. You know, one of the things that we talk about every single episode on this show has been community and the importance of it, whether you're finding it family or friends and that's why I think that conversations like this are just so important because I'm mm-hmm. learning so much trauma expression I mean you blew me away with that one <laughs> I just made that up too yeah I mean you're like <laughs> it's like a humble flex like oh I just made that up like girl no I did I did <laughs> yeah yeah but it's community is so important and you yeah like you mean I when you know after my mom passed I deleted Facebook wow because people were literally I was like y'all are watching me grieve and mm-hmm. not saying anything yep can we touch and the on- truth is go no I I'm gonna go back to that but start go with with what you were saying <laughs> I was just gonna say yeah I was just like this is I mean I, I'm like I'm a kid of the of the internet like I've been on the internet since myspace like mm-hmm. I've had a following for a long time. So I'm like, I'm posting photos and selfies and outfits and, you know, it's getting, it's getting a lot of love. And then when I'm talking about my sadness and my mom just passed, you guys are really quiet. Mm-hmm. They were really quiet. But what also why trauma expression is so important is because what you're doing and why this is so important. First of all, let's be clear. Your audience of this podcast and of this of these interviews are people who still have their parents, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so the work you're doing, again, it's, it's the Lord's work because you're preparing people mm-hmm. for a feeling that will come. Wow. Wow. You're preparing people. Literally, when I just started this new job, it's been a couple of months now, but when I uh, but when my mom, the passing anniversary had happened, I went to work. I was actually off the day of the anniversary. I go to work and, you know, coworkers, you know, how was your day? And so I share what the day was. And one coworker said, wow, I know that's something I'm going to have to go through, but I can't imagine it. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then another one shared, or I learned through the conversation of sharing that they had also lost a parent. Wow. And so it was basically like my, my ability to share what I was going through made them think about their parent. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, again, what you're also doing in this work that you're doing through the interviews and the podcast is people who try to act like it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people who, again, are acting like it did not happen, mm-hmm. you know? And so you're, you're helping people come face to face with a feeling that's very real, but also not ugly. Mm-hmm. A feeling that hurts, though. Oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. It hurts. Oh, my God. Like, it hurts so bad. Yeah. But, you know, there's food. There's people. <laughs> there's a lot of tools to get through it. So, yeah. So, yeah. So one of the things that I like to talk about with people who have experienced grief longer than I have, you know, my mom passed a little less than, oh, well, like a little more than nine months, a little less than 10, whatever. Yeah. Um, obviously it's been something that you've dealt with for four years at this point, almost four years. Yeah. How have you changed or your viewpoints on grief changed over the past four years? Um, if it it's has. Made, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's made me, honestly, it's allowed me to show up better 
Mm. for people even when they're not even just because that's another thing too going back to like the the example i used around job and divorce and relationship Mm -hmm. we're grieving all the time yeah there's so many there's grief all the time when you have to move to a new place there's grief when you go through a breakup there's grief you know when you when your favorite shirt gets a hole in it grief you know there's so many levels right obviously there are some that are you know Mm -hmm. more than other but there's so much grief. And so it has allowed me to be really sympathetic to the ways in which people feel. Um, and I honestly just be a, like a, a voice of reasoning, an anchor, really. I have a friend in uh, one of my church connect groups who recently lost her dad suddenly. Wow. Recently. Yeah. And like she was just, you know, every week we do like prayer requests and praise reports or whatever. And so her prayer request is like that me and my siblings don't get into an argument. Mm. And so I reminded her, remember, in those moments, step away because you're not arguing with your sibling. Mm-hmm. You're arguing with how they feel. Mm-hmm. Mm. And in those moments, you're going to call, you know, you don't want to get to the place where you're calling people out their name. Mm-hmm. You're being disrespectful because you're not like, I'm not a. Not you really trying to, not me really trying to play off this PK role. PK <laughs> I know you really are. I'm just, I just want to let you know that if you're, since you're not, even though you're not, you are definitely giving. I'm playing, I'm playing a character. But <laughs> dang, what I was going to say, I was going to use a scripture. What is it? Oh, that we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against like spirit and all the, all the Bible girls. y'all know what he's talking about y'all know what i'm saying (laughs) y'all know what i'm saying but we don't right like in those moments you're not you're not mad at your sister you're not mad at your brother you're mad at how they feel and you're mad that they have the nerve to be angry in a moment that needs to be sad Mm. you want to fight their anger yeah like you want to fight like why why you feel like that like what's what's Mm-hmm. yeah what's up let's fight like <laughs> you're not fighting you're you're not fighting the person you're fighting the things but um yeah it just made me sympathetic also not to like to my own horn but I think and I know that it's allowed for others to see me as a brave person yeah I think it's changed pe- the way people see me being like wow yeah how do you how do you literally how do you do that <laughs> not just the way that people see you but the way you see yourself. Yeah, because you change. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you absolutely. change. And so people have to watch it. People have to watch it. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when I first lost my mom and I started speaking out about it very candidly. That was one of the first things that I got was that I was so brave. And it's funny because there's things about my personality that I feel very are very present now that my mom always saw in me. But Mm -hmm. I didn't see it myself until dealing with this, whether that be bravery or whether that being uh, being able to be confrontational if I need to be or not running Mm -hmm. from confrontation. There was things about myself that I feel like I either hid or put to the forefront, depending on how I wanted to view myself. But the what I love so much about my mom, anybody who knows me knows that I revere her to like the highest regard. One of the things that I really appreciate her was about her was how much she saw who I was even before I knew who I was. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They know. They li- that's what I was saying again. They trust you. They go, oh, she got it. She got it. She got it. Yeah. I'm like, girl, I it. don't, but you're to your point. You know? <laughs> yeah. So or, how- <laughs> but, or less than or less, I don't, but also I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back I to what like, you I said. I got it, but I don't want it. I got yeah, it. Going back to what you said about the bear, right? Like bearing the cross you carry is like, all right. But this is not the cross I wanted. I wanted the blue one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wanted the blue one with the bedazzled on the sides. And then this one know, is really before. this one is really red. <laughs> yes. Way too red for me. Way too red for me. So <laughs> just talking about your mom in general, because it sounds like you guys had a special relationship have. I'm yeah. Sorry relationship as well yeah yeah yeah. so in the beginning of this you said that you feel like parents kind of parent better when they yeah side can you Uh just explain some of your reasonings behind that and explain what you mean yeah because like parents are I feel like parents are always questioning our decisions when we reach a certain age right like why do you do this you know where did you get this from or you know they're trying to figure us out constantly 
And so I just truly believe that my mom, now that she is everywhere all at once, mm -hmm. she's like, oh, that's why you, you wear the clothes you wear. That's why you hang out with the people you hang out with. That's why when I ask you this question, you feel like this. Because now I see, I see what you were doing before you came to see me, right? I see, especially if you don't live with your parent or, I mean, I, we live, but we live together, but my mom was in the nursing home, right? Mm -hmm. So again, like you said, people don't, your mom doesn't know how you, what your morning routine is, right? She doesn't know what that really looks like. She doesn't know what your heartbreak really feels like. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh, I'm not talking to this boy no more. Blah, blah, blah. She doesn't know, like, you were crying on the way to see her. Right. Right. But but now that she's everywhere, she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is oh, my baby. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I get it now. So I just think they collab. Our parents collaborate with God to be like, oh, like God gets God gets to show them like, see, your, your son was sensitive. Mm. But when you were talking to him like that, that didn't work. And now they get to go. Oh, so now when life is working out for me. In the, in the ways that only work for me, for you. I know that that's my mom and God doing it for me. And that's why cliche, the thing says, what's for you is meant for you. Mm, what's for because you? Because it's going to feel like you. Mm. It's going to feel like you. And so, yeah, I just think that they they just parent better because not only, and you know, they seeing, they seeing what we going through, then they seeing what our friends are dealing with. So they like, you know, and you know, you hear people, parents say that all the time, that ain't your friend. Right. But now they can really see why it ain't your friend. <laughs> mm. Instead of a feeling, it's more of a, I can see. I, oh, I see why it's not your friend. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to do everything I can on this side to make you feel that too, to give you that discernment. Mm -hmm. Like, because, you know, I felt that, but oh no, I really can see their life too, babe. Like, yeah, baby, I'm looking, and it's not, it's not matching up with yours. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you think you'll yeah. see her again? Do I think I'll see her again? I don't know. I never thought about that. Um, Because I feel like I, because of the pennies and yeah. like the way I feel, I feel like I see her all the time, but I never thought about seeing her again, actually. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I never thought about that, really. Yeah, wow. It's something Maybe if you if you want to think about it, you can. If not, you don't have to. Uh, it's been some, it's something that weighs heavily on my mind because I feel like for me, one of the things that helps me get through is like I'm gonna see her again one day, even though you know I see her mm. in um Danny, like, yeah. I see her in butterflies, and I see her in all these things. Just thinking about the physical aspect of her, if I'm ever gonna see her in that way again, or if all I have for the rest of my life is photos, you know, I think that while you go through grief and people act like it's five stages, but I think they all kind of coexist at the same time, right? Mad, sad, angry, happy, confused, whatever <laughs> can all exist in the same moment or it can exist in the same day or the same week. And maybe it doesn't, yeah. everybody's grief is so different, but you know, yeah. I think one of the things that has kind of helped me is that's like, interesting. Yeah. And, but that's a perfect example of how grief affects all of us individually. Cause I'm like, yeah, I never thought, about <laughs> seeing my mom again I'm just like yeah. not accepting that I but it's also me not accepting that I might not it's just like that it's really just never crossed my mind yeah that's all good well no 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 but, it, but it's great I think people need to see that like yeah. there's going to be someone that listens to go oh my god I've been wondering if I'm gonna see my mom too and then there'll be people like me like like Oh, okay, cool. I never thought about that. Maybe, maybe not, right? I guess we'll <laughs> never know. But Curtis, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. I just want to thank you so much yes. for being here today. And I really wish I could talk to you for hours because there's just a whole lot more that I want to say. And that's the only thing about these interviews being in such like a, a span of time is because it's yeah. like, oh, like I could talk to you all day. And now I got to think about <laughs> And we, I know, I don't know. We're at the beginning, so maybe one day. But before I let you go, is there anything that you want to say that I didn't get to? Um, is there anything I wanted to say to the people listening to this? Whether you have lost a parent or not, um, I encourage you to to get to know God, get to know yourself, and actually learn as much about your parent as you can. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Learn as much as you can about them because um, even when they're not around, it will answer a lot of the questions you have. Mm -hmm. that, thank you so much for that. That's so beautiful. You're welcome. I definitely second that 100%. You know, I take pride in being mm. an encyclopedia for my mom. I take pride in being- See, my mom is here now. You see, yeah. like, 
she's rubbing my shoulder she's yeah. like good job good yeah. job yeah. yeah like that was so random like <laughs> but you ever talk about your mommy get warm mm-hmm. yep yeah okay. like just I just got super warm like I know my mom is like good job that's a great it's answer good. like yeah it was, it was a phenomenal answer you did she's like mad pr- she's very proud she's like great answer where'd you get that from <laughs> It's you, girl. It's you. Yeah, but you know, they're still funny. That's why I'm like, they're still parenting. I can still hear my mom's sarcasm. Like, who yeah. taught you that? Like, you know, like. No, I know. Well, shout out to Miss Donna for visiting us on this interview. And also shout yeah. out to Curtis for just being so amazing and vulnerable and transparent <laughs> and dropping so many gems. This has been absolutely amazing. One of my favorite episodes for sure. Um, I'm in my PK era. Yes, you are. He is in his PK era. Look out. <laughs> look out. <laughs> but I want to thank you so much again for that yeah. admission or submission. I'm sorry, because I think that one of the things I've noticed after losing my mom and being so vulnerable and so vocal about my loss of her is that a lot of people have told me that my relationship with my mom makes them want to do better with their parent or with their child. And I I feel really blessed and fortunate in that. Um, But it also has shown me, my grief has shown me, this process has shown me how many people do not have that relationship, do not have that knowing. And I just encourage people, I'm going to end this with this. I encourage everybody, whether you're grieving the loss of a parent, whether you're not, and this is something that you don't understand. um, I, I highly recommend, like Curtis said, getting to know your parents and making it a priority to spend time with them, to learn them, to take <sighs> pictures of them, to share any audio that you might have, all of those things, because even mm-hmm. though they do not exist in the physical sense as we know it, they continue to mm-hmm. exist through memories, through pictures, through their voice. So I'm going to end this, like I said, with that. It's it's more important than I think people uh, care to acknowledge and you don't want to wait until it's too late because one of the things that I have that I always say is that I have absolutely no regrets with my mom on absolutely. any and that's one of the most beautiful things that I can say about my life at present but yeah oh and I just want to add this I'm so sorry but it's okay it's okay and if you do have regrets they can still be healed without them being physically here yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for that, Curtis. This has been so amazing. I want to thank you again so much for joining us today. And I want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of Damn Mom, really? A show that <laughs> nobody wants to be on, but everybody wants to listen to. This has been amazing. And I'll see y'all next week. Later. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool down slash guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four, three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain, and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, Breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, inhale deeply and exhale, feeling invigorated. Five, last one, fully inhale and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed. Good. And just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now. Don't try to change anything about it. Just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you. Notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all. Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. 
You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them. Just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky. Which way is the light of the sun coming into your imagination? Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in. And as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.